Hell yeah. yeah! What the hell is Walcott? That's my kid's school that they don't go to because they've got the boring live from <laughs> ESG brain freeze. It's a not Musk free Monday edition of Business Pants. Oh. I told Joel. you I'm low energy. This is what you're going to do? You're going to bring the Musk? Well, there's actually a lot more Vivek than Musk this week. As oh, Joined as always by our BS correspondent, Matt Muscardi. I'm not smelly cheddar. More on that later. And today's nitrogen leak called December 12th, 2022 Sexy Story Updates and Sleazy Academic Papers. Woo! Matt, you have a mind-blowing one today. I do. Well... I don't know well, if that's going to challenge blown. my assumptions. I am. I have one that that's going to make you throw up a little in your mouth. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. I know you're. You got flu ridden. I got children. a kid in the other room drinking soup, watching Bluey on Disney. As usual, Monday is all for it's all for catching up on things that we cover regularly uh, in no particular order. I feel like I need some kind of. Can we music do a particular there. order? Do we? Oh, no, we're we doing a list. <laughs> okay, doing a me, list. Let me just start from the top here. Clearly, the business news, ESG news, they're already on vacation. I think that this weekend, with we had some fabulous World Cup action. I I think they're done. Those games because, were insane. Because there's nothing going on. I, I I I usually I don't struggle for hours to put things together. There's nothing going on. They're all done. I, that's my statement. Which is good for them. They should go on vacation. All right, ready? Everyone should. Yeah, all right. Do you, so, so do you want a little music here? Here's yeah. <laughs> That's not appropriate. <laughs> it's not that much fun. All right, here all we right. go. The White House. Oh. We'll just the White House lines up against big tech in a pivotal Supreme Court case on Section 230. We haven't talked about this in a while. Plaintiffs in Gonzalez versus Google argue that YouTube acts more like a publisher or speaker when it selectively recommends specific content to specific users. The Biden administration solicitor general agrees. Ooh. Matt, it's been a while. You don't seem that Since enthusiastic. <laughs> we haven't talked about <laughs> Section 230 in a while. I mean, this is the thing we've been waiting for, right? And the left and the right seem to align on this issue. No? It's not going to go away. Okay, what, what's you know, not going to go? what happens yeah, now? Me. Okay, so now tell what me. happens if Section 230 gets d demolished? Mm -hmm. Now the right have a whole bunch of channels to talk on that they're very excited about. They go to Twitter where, mm -hmm. like, uh, Elon Musk is currently, it's just his vanity project, and he currently just, he, he shadow banned, did you see he shadow banned the dude who f tracks his plane around? After tweeting about how shadow oh, bands already, are not right, like all that kind of stuff, you're on a tangent. Wait a minute. I'm just why? saying. Why? But why? If if the if the outcome could seriously impact what content tech platforms are willing to host, could, no, could I'm saying, this change the playground to which they play in? Because if it, you change Section 230 yeah. now, you don't just hurt the, the the conservatives in America. Don't just hurt the liberals. Like the, it's not like now they've got Truth Social and they got Twitter. And then Elon Musk and Donald Trump yeah. own the content. True. Like they're they're basically publishers. But aren't they going to be afraid? 
to to be to be liable for for hate speech and but they're the places where the hate speech happens right like but we you have moderation the, in other places i thought if they destroy 230 it makes all these companies a bit more hesitant to what they're willing to put up no oh for sure and there's no way that like have you seen the content moderation at twitter they fired the entire <laughs> everyone's staff. fired and they keep leaving or, or they're vol- or they're voluntarily leaving so you're just going to make Truth Social and Twitter go out of business by regulation. All right, fine. I'm and the bite. majors can play this game. I'm going to bite on your tangent a little bit. I don't get why, uh, and I am like feel like I'm setting you up for a joke. Uh, Mr. Free speech absolutist, why is he banning Kanye West? I don't really understand that part. <laughs> Wait, you don't understand what t- Elon Musk uh, is doing? No, I would ban him. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... Doesn't that go against everything? Why Why the hell would you ban this guy? I don't really understand. I don't. This is the he, short way of saying I don't understand Elon Musk. That's all. He I'm apparently to say. went quote too far. <laughs> okay, but that makes no sense. <laughs> but that makes no sense to me. Anyway, let's. So you're not as excited <laughs> about this as I am. He let him back on though after saying yeah. he was going to go DefCon on the Jews. That wasn't right, too far. That wasn't. You're enough. way off. You're way off. All right. I'm just I saying. Talk about Section two thirty. No, uh, what I think is going to happen. Boldening, you're emboldening I'm, Twitter into Truth Social. That's what you're saying. No, what you're saying is that the, the left and the right agree on this, and what I'm saying yeah. is the right no longer agrees. They 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 now own a lot of channels. Oh, like I'm saying that like the left thinks this is a problem, and the right has been waiting for a moment that they can say they have momentum. Now, what they're if I were in the right of this country, yeah. I, what I would say is, of course, you're going to change Section 230 as soon as Elon oh. Musk takes Twitter and Donald Trump Truth Social's a bigger deal, and Kanye owns Parler. This it's is making so, me. You know, this is making me think that you might be part of the writing team behind Cockroach Charleston. <laughs> you're good at like, you're good at possible conspiracy theories. That I, I never think I'm about. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. All right, let's move on. Uh, more, more to that obviously coming up next. There's a piece in the New York times. Uh, I, you know, Han, I gotta say, uh, New York times and the New Yorker, uh, doing our job for us in very good ways. Both of them bringing a lot of our storylines into the mainstream. The first is, why is Howard Schultz taking this so personally, right? Wait a minute. Why aren't we the ones bringing our stories to the mainstream? We don't. How? I, I, really? <laughs> you want to compare? You want to talk about staffing compared to the New Yorker and the New York Times? Should we talk hey, look, about we it? We punch above our weight. The fact that we I, cover no, 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 more stories here. Than you I had one on, like, person on my creative team and you ruined that. <laughs> what do you mean I ruined that? <laughs> you know what you mean. You know what I mean. All right, okay. I ruined nothing. Back on it. Howard Schultz. Here's why his, his his opposite. This is what the New York Times is saying. His opposition to a union isn't primarily about the bottom line. They're saying it clashes with his image of Starbucks as a model employer. So it's really it's all ego and vanity. <laughs> that does sound creepy though. My image starts. Uh, and here's why I'm really covering this story is that uh, the I want to talk about the first time he came back to the company, Matt. Oh, this is also yeah the from, first boomerang. Yeah, this is the he's I think three three boomerangs so far for yeah he's third. our he's our I think ours in our data set he's the only triple boomerang so far yeah and he's only sixty nine years old so he could boomerang like six or seven more times probably at least right? I mean at, at minimum yeah uh, so this is according to the article he first came back in two thousand seven because he did not like the smell of burnt cheese. 
<laughs> Bert Cheese can sometimes have a delicious smell. Here's a quote from his book, which uh, which foreshadowed his return. He said, whatever rich, hearty coffee aroma remained in the store was overwhelmed by singed Monterey Jack, mozzarella, and most offensively, cheddar. Oh, no. <laughs> Cheddar's the best kind. <laughs> as far as I was concerned, Schultz said... Nothing could be further from the romance of the Italian espresso bar. I could not stand it. That, and that's why yeah. he came back. And Matt, 14 years later, he came back because, you know, his the workers are beginning to unionize. So it went from burnt cheese to workers fighting for their rights. Well, th- that that does <laughs> tell you something, right? Yeah. The two reasons to boomerang as the CEO are <laughs> yeah. cheese and labor. Yeah. Uh, I did a little bit of uh, boring, boring populist ESG math. And as it turns out, this, uh, this the romance of the Italian espresso bar, it turns out that Italy is that the workforce is, is almost half uh, union members. And in fact, oh. in the service sector, 70% of the total workforce is unionized. So I don't know what he's smelling. Well, he, I think I think actually the smell of a union actually smells like burnt cheese to him. So he probably found all the non-unionized Italians. All right, moving on. Uh, oh, uh, here's a little more Elon Musk for you. And, yeah, and, you this. know, I'm going to let you decide because I don't need to spend too much time on this. Elon Musk goes after Anthony Fauci and former Twitter Twitter head of safety, UL Roth. You you just referenced that, UL Roth, uh, one of the many people that has either quit or left uh, the, the safety yeah. team. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe I just want you to help me out a little bit with this because you're more in the know on these conspiracy theories. I, I uh this is where it all started. He he made fun of, of course, he's making fun of two things at once here. He's he's mocking uh, the use of pronouns by saying that his pronouns were prosecute and Fauci. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, yep. Did you hear about any of this? I did. I saw the actual tweet. Senator from uh, Arizona, Mark Kelly, uh, came back at Elon saying, knock it off, you, you dumbass bully. And then Elon Musk came back at that and said, as for Fauci... Uh, he lied to Congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. Not awesome, in my opinion. What is this conspiracy theory? I don't know this one. Do you know this one? Uh, f- yeah, the NIH yeah. funded the lab in Wuhan that created the COVID virus. Uh, this is what this is what he's fixated on. Yeah, yeah. And they and funded it not to create the COVID virus, but they funded research like that ended up creating the like this. Th- this, this even is for where Musk, we're at, this though. seems childish. Oh, this seems childish? No, but this I mean, of all, the thing of all things, childish to you. I, <laughs> come on. I don't know. This one just seems like a little bit beyond the, uh, uh, just a reasonable Look, he's a, opinion. He's like a, he is a, what, 55-year-old man who spends his time. He's the CEO of several, of several multi-billion to hundreds yeah. of billion dollar companies. All of which who seem spends to be tanking in various time, ways. Yeah. Who spends most of his time looking at his phone and typing in things like my pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci. You don't have something better to do with your time. You have nothing better to do with your time than that. And then spreading a conspiracy theory about where COVID may have come from, and that yeah, Fauci's the reason why COVID exists. That oh, well, guy, but but you more ever than seen that, that guy. But more than that, in this in one in the same sentence, he's aligning Fauci with killing millions of people. The, the, even I mean, yeah, I, I the reason why I really bring this up is what more information does a Tesla board n- need now? Like, isn't now the time to strike? I mean, th- and you know, you know that, what? He, that's, <laughs> that's pretty egregious. No. 
that's the egregious thing. Okay, but we're just, okay. are we keeping a running list of egregious things. <laughs> I guess you're they're, right, they're not going to do anything. I guess you're right, but this is just seems like a step too far. I don't know. I I, I, I like that everything the, the, you're everything falling into sucks. the Trump trap, right? Which everything is sucks. which is every time Trump says something more this is inflammatory, the this everyone is the says one. this is the worst. <laughs> it can't. It, it, this has got to be well, his downfall. It never is. Matt, it, it is actually about to get worse. It is he actually about to get worse because just as uh, this show went to uh, press, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to say it. Uh, there's an article out that Elon Musk is indicating that Twitter's character limit is about to jump from 280 to 4,000. Oh. Yeah, that's that's like mean. a 4,000 is like is what like a 15 page essay, right? I mean that's a like, lot. That's a lot of words. We're just we're now we're just blogging on on the thing, and and who's going to read scared. these things? Honestly, I don't. Does anybody? Uh, the, the the whole thing just needs to end, and I don't mean end in like a like a good way. End in a fiery kind of crash. Well, the way, good news is they had the the ideal. right man in charge to end this because he seems to be taking it in a, in a who Kimball Musk, uh, like wh- whatever one of the Musk. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's get cousins. to Apple. Let's go back to Apple. <laughs> I don't think we covered this story extensively, mostly because uh, who knows how to cover stories like this. But here's the here's from Apple. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Tony Blevins, a former Al- Apple executive, told the Wall Street Journal this week that he spent all night trying to take down a TikTok featuring him making a crude comment in September. Now, he was fired for this comment, Matt. He said... I race cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women, but I take weekends and major holidays off. This was something he said on some TikTok channel. He spent all night trying to get rid of that, and now he's, a few months later now, he's still whining and complaining about being fired from Apple about this. I I I just wanted your take, because I don't think we ever covered this one. Two things are true. Number one. Like uh, you put Apple in a position where they don't have a choice but to fire you. You're an executive there. It seems like an easy, easy. It seems like an easy fire, right? Because because I'm sure there are women who work like in your on your team. Oh, and I'm sure just statistically some of them have big breasts. And now uh, like this is you're taking into a direction that I hadn't even considered. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So you're you're immediately fireable. Number two, um, like I. I don't know why we would cover this. This is on the scale of like, um, what, uh, uh, what, what is benign anymore? Is anything <laughs> benign anymore? On the scale of Tim uh, Cook to Elon Musk, yeah. I'm saying this is closer to Tim Cook than it is to Elon Musk, isn't it? Yeah. Well, here's I don't know the Wall Street. The Wall Street Journal is interested in this. Maybe they're maybe the big-breasted headline kind of gets more clicks. I mean. If you wrote that in a headline, what a great headline. Like yeah. everyone's reading that headline. That's uh, the here's what the whine, the whiny white man Tony Blevins was saying. He said it was 22 years dissolved in about 25 seconds. I don't get that. I don't get yeah. that math. So yeah. what does that matter? That it took you 25 seconds to say this thing about big rest. What does that matter? That it here's took- the problem yeah. with his math. Okay. Mm-hmm. He says he takes weekends off. That means five days a week. He actually has been trying to fondle big-breasted women. Okay. And for 25 years, if you just do the math, we're, we're actually talking about a large percentage of his life yeah. that he spent dissolving the same life he's having. It wasn't 25 seconds. And, and here's my favorite part, by far, because he's still complaining about this. He's, he's still whining about it. Uh, he, the, the Wall Street Journal also reports uh, that he said that he hasn't been replaced so they didn't even replace the role, Matt. 
They, that that's the, how important the, the role was in Apple is that they don't even need it. I love I that part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how important was this guy? They don't even have a new version of him in. They're just like, ah, what was he really doing? I mean, have you seen the guy? Have you seen the picture I of him? have. Yeah, I have. Uh, he looks like someone you wouldn't replace. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, oh, we haven't we haven't talked about this in a long time. This is like back in the days of Emma lurking. Uh, I can't even believe it's actually even a headline. I was shocked. Major car companies like Ford, Tesla, and Toyota are at high risk of sourcing parts made by Chinese forced labor. Uyghur labor, a report finds. It's an in- industry-wide problem. Matt, Uyghur labor, back in the headlines. Oh, thank God. I missed it. That's I, all you I, got? Th- 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 I, I don't. The look, we actually got we had somebody reach out to us mm-hmm. about our conversations about Astutely. Uyghur labor. A, a st- very smart person mm-hmm. saying like there is an incomplete picture in the general media about what the Uyghur labor is. Oh, everything we do is incomplete. And I feel like I don't fully understand it. I feel like there probably is a, like a version of there's a version of enslavement everywhere. And I feel like this is Chinese version. So congrats, China, for joining the West. Yeah. Uh, That said, would it surprise anybody if Tesla, Volkswagen, GM, Ford were all getting metal from like indentured servants? How dare you? Here's Uh, why I secretly tagged it. GM's in the headline that you Uh, copied. Oh, you're right. Uh, (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Uh, Here's why I secretly tagged this story is because. Uyghur labor was an excuse that Vimic, Vivek, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I got that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of the weird reasons why he didn't want to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. He's, he's like, yeah, yeah, but what about yeah. the Uyghur labor? Yeah, this it's a, that. After George Floyd was killed uh, two and a half years ago, this is what this is what he was ranting about. It's like, yeah, we shouldn't but do anything about our systemic problems because Uyghur labor. Uyghurs. I saw, yeah. We'll get to Vivek in a few seconds. Uh, Can we not? Well, I know. I, I, I feel like this will be one, hopefully one of the last times. Because it's not. We have a uh, lot coming. Okay. There's I'll, a right. lot of things to talk about with that. Uh, Walmart. Uh, we haven't talked about this story. Uh, Walmart executives. investigated. He's actually smart. Walmart executives investigated manager Andre Bing two years before he carried out a mass shooting. According to the Wall Street Journal, Walmart is facing lawsuits from employees who allege that management had been warned about Bing. Uh I don't do we why do we think it, we want Walmart mm-hmm. to be policing its employees potential mass shooterism right and not have just some dumb rule that says hey people at risk of being mass shooters shouldn't get assault rifles I don't understand we 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 yell at Walmart for being woke now if you're Vivek or mm-hmm. you yell at Walmart for not being woke enough what do we want our corporations to do? Do we also want Not them to police our people? Rifles? Maybe they should build, uh, you know, um, uh, our roads for us, and uh, maybe they should collect our taxes. It does feels like what do we expect? I don't expect Walmart to have found this guy. I don't think here's, it's their responsibility. Here's why I bring it up. I, I one, I'm wondering out loud: Will there be a moment? Will there be a corporate moment where the the right lawsuit affects the the right company that? That finally gets the bandwagon rolling on like banning assault weapons, blah 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 blah. Like, <laughs> no, okay, you're. 
Because <laughs> you know, I wa- I wonder this because I'm stupid. That's why. Because there's no one no. else. No one else seems to be tackling this. It's issue just not gonna in, unless the nuns against guns actually does something through yeah. shareholder activism. It's gonna. Uh, well, I mean, did you see Louisiana backtracked on its own anti weapons no. um, ban? So Louisiana, the state yeah. treasurer said they wouldn't work with any asset managers who uh, ban the uh, uh, gun sellers or gun manufacturers, okay. right? Yeah. And then in order to join the current talking points of banning BlackRock for being too woke and banning f- fossil fuels, they Louisiana switched from BlackRock to a different um, asset manager that bans guns. So they had to okay. pick... Yeah. Their boycott. Wait, why? Because why do they have to pick that one? Why not? Because go with there's not enough. Strive, every asset manager, look, asset managers, they they look at things in terms of risk and money. That's all they mm-hmm. do. They're, they're, and if a client asks them to do something because they're afraid of something, they do do that thing. They asset managers are spineless. The we odd, expect yeah. our asset managers not to be, but the, they the, are. They're spineless. The odd part of a lot of this is that the 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 very thing that they're crying out about, which is that it, ESG is hurting profits. The BlackRock is making all these states a, a shit ton of money. Th- uh, that's yeah. the, the the fun irony of all of this. Not anymore. They're not okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, how about this one? Men men without college degrees are dropping out of the workforce because they viewed their dead end jobs as a threat to social status. I don't know what that means. What is what is it, that? It, it means that they they're embarrassed of their shitty job, so they're quitting altogether. But they dropped. They didn't go to college. They didn't go to college. No, they're not. They're not adequately trained, and 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 they're embarrassed with the jobs they end up with, so they're dropping out of the workforce. This might actually be the worst news you've ever writ- written <laughs> or read. I did, this was my this was my horrible segue to the to the final story, which is just some level of male aggrievement. Yeah, what what are they going to do with all this time? That that's what I want to know is that collect isn't it worse guns to be unemployed at home, like play Call of, all, of Duty and yeah. start militias. Goblin mode, no, going to goblin mode. There's nothing else to do. Doesn't that that you get yeah, don't you get less dates in that mode? I don't yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. I don't know. Now we uh, we basically they they're like self-selecting incels what is that i don't know it's scary it's all scary speaking of self-selecting incels uh let's get to the last story and i'm going to call this is this the official moment that esg became mainstream matt and that and what i'm referring to <laughs> is a new yorker article just released uh called called the ceo of anti-woke incorporated and they're talking about vivek ramaswamy matt i'm kind of excited because it most of the 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 nerds the i'm trying to think of the word the the no, i can't even think of the word the nudge you're not speaking english <laughs> edit this out later most of the idiots <laughs> that i speak to at dinner parties read the new yorker right oh so the neoliberals Whatever. I mean, we we also have a subscription to the New Yorker in my house, so I'm not I'm not casting. You're socialist, right? Yeah, sure. I'm not I'm not casting disparaging uh, opinions in either direction. I but got you. Th- but does this solve a, a long problem for me? And that if people actually spend the time to read this article, they'll finally understand what the hell we're talking about. 
Well, our, our audience might expand beyond four people. Finally, they talk about ESG. They talk about the business roundtable uh, decision on stakeholder capital. They talk about all of it. The woke yeah, wars. What did, do they explain? What ESG sort of is? Properly? All of it. They do a they good say, job. So they say ESG is a data set, and that's what it that is. they don't do. Okay, so then <laughs> everybody out wrong. to us because look. The, the 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 narrative of ESG being basically what they they're leveraging a a uh, polarized narrative, which is ESG is woke, and then there's the anti woke, and there's just the two, right? ESG is not woke, and it's not anti woke. You you can be woke and use ESG data, but you, and you can be anti woke and use ESG data. That, but that's never described in these articles. So basically, this is a puff piece on Rivik Va- uh, Riv- Vivek Ramaswamy. It's not. A, I wouldn't call it a puff piece. Everything. It's a, take, it's a bit of a him. takedown. Everything for him is good press. Press is press. You I think, guess you're right. First of all, who's reading the New Yorker? Is it like yeah, just, the the his investor in Ohio that's reading the New Yorker? Well, I'll tell you, it's the word that I I fabulously started over for about fourteen minutes. It's nudniks. That's the word I was trying to think of. Nudniks. It's nudniks like me. <laughs> I couldn't get it out that for word. some reason. All right, let me. I just <laughs> want to share some word. of my favorite tidbits from this new uh, takedown from an actual non-business, non-ESG news source, the New Yorker, talking about this the same subject that we love to talk about. Um, the anti-woke wars. Here we go. Some of my favorite tidbits. His mother, Bivik's mother, had never heard of Tucker Carlson or watched Fox News, Fox News before, before her son started showing up on the network. And she said, I wish he could be on other channels as well. <laughs> no, no. No, he can't. I don't know why that made me laugh so much. It's just that, that she's just lamenting the fact that only Fox News cares about this idiot. I just like that. Uh, second, there's another one. Strive's second biggest invent- investor, Bill Ackman, actually disagrees with Vivek. He said, quote, my experience, at least with the companies we know, is that being thoughtful with everything from packaging to environmental considerations is generally something that's good for business. Hey, look at that. Well, Bill Ackman did spend two hours giving a presentation about the Ponzi scheme and governance failures of Herbalife. So anybody who knows something about like labor conditions, which he talked about at length, Mm -hmm. governance conditions, like failed governance and and Ponzi schemes, probably knows some ESG. Yeah, he's so... And it's Bill. even more proof that Vivek is is performing. It's absolute performative piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, it's all about the money. It's yeah. all about the money. Speaking of which, speaking of performing, uh, at Harvard, he also performed Eminem covers and original free market themed rap songs <laughs> a, uh, under the alias Devek. Yes. So he's, it's a DJ D. Saul move. And Goldman Sachs is one of the institutions that he's attacked because remember it was Goldman Sachs a few years ago that audaciously wanted at least, uh, what, one woman on a board before they invested in them? Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. They, and Vivek uh, was very upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. They audaciously wanted at least one woman on a board and every company that Goldman Sachs already invested in complied before they made that announcement. So that was already in the bag. So as it turns out, uh, Vivek is doing uh, a, a David Solomon move by having a, a alter ego uh, rap <laughs> alias Devek. Free market. Well, he's living your fantasy songs. too because 
he wanted to do stand-up comedy. And okay, I'm, that's next. Uh, after graduating Yale Law School, he took a stand-up comedy class. So again, you this think is everybody a, should do that? Yes, this is just it's just performative <laughs> nonsense uh, with Vivek. He said it was traumatizing because he sucked at it. So um, I mean, like, I think this is a man with a pathological need for attention. I mean, if you can read here's any another of one this. of your favorites, uh, uh, founder ego. Uh, the article said that despite having no experience running a company, uh, oh, right shock. after uh, starting uh, the pharmaceutical uh, investment company called Royvant, he said it would be the Berkshire Hathaway of drug development. Oh, okay. Well, that's what we're the Berkshire Hathaway of board analytics. With no experience at running a company, no experience in drug development, uh, that's what he said. It sounds more like he started the Theranos of drug companies. Is that is what it sounded uh, like. And finally, my favorite, uh, speaking of Royvant, uh, this I did not know. Um, three Royvant directors resigned because what? Because Vivek was what? What was he doing? Well, stand-up comedy, probably. <laughs> Close. It's because he was doing the very thing that Vivek is now targeting that you mentioned the letter campaign. He's targeting seven companies. He he was being too political. He was going oh, on Fox News, uh, talking about Black Lives Matter. He was going on talking about the insurrection. And three of his very own directors stepped down immediately because he himself was being too political. And now that is the tagline of Strive is... Yeah. Something about not being but political, but excellence being excellent. without politics. Excellence, yeah. without <laughs> yeah. po- excellence is. is not defined. Politics is defined because he's doing it very well. Anyway, that's uh, that's all I got. Um, I we need to do a long review of this year's news and see how many times a Harvard, Yale, or Stanford alum is ever mentioned in a good light. Can you think of like oh, one story? I feel sad about this. What is it? One percent? It's just I, I I don't know what's happening at Harvard or well you know what Stanford it's all the all the I mean Yale. Harvard is is still it New used England's, to be that Princeton was evil. Where is Princeton? Harvard Princeton is still New England's out? largest employer, uh, and, and I will say that it's full of good nerds. It's not just it's not just sure. Han- Hanas. It's a lot of like. Publishly sciencey nerds. Come I'm on. just saying, where are the conversations about the good ones? We just yeah. hear We're not 90% doing good bad job. ones. All we right. need Ari to help us out with that. I have for you today a very special Finkified Nerd Alert. Finkified? With a, sub- with a subtitle that's going to make you throw up in your mouth, which okay. is, Is Vivek Right? Oh, no. Speaking of Vivek, here's okay, the paper. I'm ready for it. It's I'm gonna be. 2000- I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I want you. This. I had to be honest with myself because I so actually 20- think Vivek. I actually think that we should try to sell our product to Vivek because I think that uh, our, our data actually is very apolitical. I think, believe it or not, ESG in itself is an apolitical data set, and I think that we, he, you know, Strive is doing a lot of activist uh, campaigns, and I think actually he could use our data, quite frankly. Well, I did say earlier in this show that he might be a moron, so just ignore <laughs> it's that. Okay. Vivek and it's okay. The, I said he this, might be an asshole. Look, so uh, like you're, it's we're we're that's just us being political. Like yeah. the data is apolitical and. Excellent. So you should buy right, it. What do you got? Um, here's the paper. It's from 2021. It's called a new take on voice. The influence of BlackRock's dear CEO letters. Ooh, this is right up our alley. It, um, it is a bit of an older paper, but I just yeah. saw it. Um, it's, and I saw it because I was going through strives um, investor deck and they cite 
that BlackRock has influence over these companies. And in the footnote, it like it says academics find or something that BlackRock, you know, has influence over these companies. And in the footnote, it's it, it didn't say what the paper was. And I was like, did they really? Is this really? just a lie? Yeah. Okay. I was like, you didn't mention you. You footnoted Bad. it. And then it said Citing. like and the BlackRock does engagement was like the footnote. And I was like, what are you even talking about? So I went mm-hmm. to go find it and I found this. It's by Andrea Polachek, uh, Nicole mm-hmm. Skinner and Laura Wellman from uh, there from three different places. Uh, University of Colorado Business School, University of Georgia Business School. So Penn not State's Harvard Business or Princeton. No, no, none no. of those. The approach was. They checked the language in each of the 8Ks released by three over 3,000 companies right after BlackRock released their Dear CEO letters. I love this. This is, a, this is great. And they isolated companies where they, BlackRock owned a big block, 5% mm-hmm. or more. Um, and they just made it a binary. BlackRock owns 5% sure. or more. They controlled for companies where Vanguard and State Street own a lot or own more so that mm-hmm. they don't. there's not a Vanguard or State Street influence. They controlled for um, whether those companies already had similar language in 8Ks. And they okay. controlled for BlackRock engagements, which is they went through BlackRock's engagement um, portal and they could see all the companies that BlackRock was engaging with before the letters and could, they... They wanted to see if companies would just read the letter and change their 8Ks, change their disclosure without BlackRock's interference. They ended up finding over 3,000 or 3,500 unique firms, uh, which they counted as 7,900 firm years um, because they did it over a period of uh, the letters. The result was, this Mm -hmm. is the greenwashy finding. Are you ready for the greenwashy finding? Oh, I'm ready. It is. 8Ks filed 30 days after the letter by firms with significant BlackRock ownership exhibit relatively more similar language to the BlackRock letter than those with less BlackRock ownership. Meaning... Relatively more similar language. Meaning, if if BlackRock owns a big stake in you and you haven't engaged with them, you read the letter... You did adopt BlackRock's language in your 8K. Okay. The next 8K you filed. Which could be proving just that 8K writers in general are are copy and pasters. That's probably true. Mm -hmm. But here's the greased palm is a happy palm finding. BlackRock then is less likely to vote in opposition of management when firms' disclosures are more similar to their own letters. <laughs> but how, how, how was anyone supposed to know this stuff, though? How was BlackRock supposed to stay on top of all these thousands of letters? Because they, they, so they don't look at just the 8Ks. The 8Ks end up folding into the 10Ks, so the authors right. looked at 10Ks also. No, but and I mean, how is... But, uh, but you're saying that, bl- that there's a, influence on, a potential influence on BlackRock's voting pattern because of the positive 8Ks. What they're what they're su- suggesting is that when a company took wholesale, copy pasted, took elements of the dear CEO letters, put uh-huh. them in official disclosures, yeah. BlackRock was less likely to vote against those companies' management than they would on average. So it That's sounds what like saying. So it sounds like a like a lot like what capitalism is and B it sounds like a lot like what Vivek and Strive are trying to do is, is influence voting. So here's the Vivek was right angle. Tell me that Vivek's pissed because he says BlackRock is pushing an ideology onto its companies 
and BlackRock is, by doing these letters, they are influencing the disclosure behavior of those companies. That is true. Right. They're listening to their largest shareholder when they write some flowery rhetoric. Right. That's true. But, yeah, this is where I get confused because Vivek keeps saying that this is all about the shareholder. This is all about the right share owners. And so why why can't can't BlackRock have an influence? No, he's saying the shareholders are representing individuals who don't want to be political. But the shareholder BlackRock, Got the it. asset manager, Got is BlackRock is being too political. Got so it. he's right that whatever, if you disagree with BlackRock's sort of CEO letters, those CEO letters are moving the companies okay. to disclose things right. about. Now, you they did not in this paper look at whether the companies were doing things. Sure, Only sure, sure. Disclosing, disclosing similar language afterwards, okay? Yeah, and again, and be- beyond that, the, the definition of what is too political is, is in itself a bunch of horseshit. That's not a. That's a very loose term. Like, there's no methodology. There's no definition of that. What's right. political? We, we still don't know. But there is a, Vivek does have a point because BlackRock is effectively rewarding the companies with fewer votes against that adopt their language. Okay, so like, he's I, saying okay. it. Like BlackRock, sure. if, you're, if BlackRock, is, you're saying things you don't like, the companies are adopting it mm-hmm. as language, and BlackRock's rewarding language. Them for it. It's, it's right, but they might be adopting virtuous liberal cycle. Yeah, I'm just I saying. hear you. You I hear what you. I'm saying? Yeah, I now, like this. Here's the Vivix a dick angle. Oh, this one's not that hard. Yeah, because the study, as I said, does not include how the firms performed. Afterwards, it well, we never talk about with, that. That's no a one ever gets known as whether or not they do. <laughs> we don't the talk thing. about the excellence. We need excellence. Yeah. Well, so here is the excellence because Vivek. Yes. Here's an example. Vivek claimed a big win, as I mentioned, uh, at the Exxon board. So Strive wrote a letter <laughs> did, to Exxon yes. saying mm-hmm. that Exxon was being too political, and offered to meet with their CEO. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently that meeting may or may not have happened. There's no evidence either way. No one's not like I have notes on it. Um, but since then, Exxon added two board members, uh, Larry Kellner, who, mm-hmm. if you listen to the show for a long time, you know exactly who that is. Yeah. He's a Boeing um, board member. Boeing chair. And Boeing chair now. John Harris, mm-hmm. who uh, comes from Raytheon. And Vivek went on Fox Business and publicly claimed credit for putting them there. Sure, sure. He said that we that was us putting in like getting back to oil, like not that either of those people have any oil experience, nothing, none, zero experience in oil, but saying uh, that was us yeah. getting apolitical and fo- focused on excellence. Here's what excellence looks like, and this yeah. is the board sabermetric shout out. Are you oh, ready? Can I get some yeah. board sabermetrics shout out music? Maybe. Uh, um, do we I have can give you this? I can give yeah, you this. Ooh, I like that. That's good. Larry Kellner has been flagged more than half the time for TSR underperformance oh. as a board member in his career. Wait, don't don't applaud that. Are they appla- they're applauding they're your applauding. data, I hope? They're, no, no, they're don't applauding applaud that. his no, underperformance. Okay. He underperforms while paying his CEOs throughout his career the average amount, which has been growing. 91% of the time, he pays mm-hmm. them between the 75th and 25th percentile of CEO pay. Okay. And 
He was the ex-CEO of Continental Airlines, which went went bankrupt Oof. and is still highly connected to the existing Exxon board. Right. Angela Braley, Stephen Kondarian, and Michael Angelakis are all directly connected through second or third degrees to Lawrence Kellner. As in, he joins the board, he agrees with existing board members mm-hmm. in opposition to the engine number one activist right. group. Yeah. And I love so how the, who the, uh, really won here. I love how this somehow still this is not political because this is the exact same method that they want the left in the U.S. to exercise, which is to expand the Supreme Court, right, to to water down some of the conservative votes. And that's what Vivek is doing. He ex- wants to expand the Exxon board to water down the votes of people on the left that he finds too political. So he's, but this isn't, this isn't politics, right? This, no, he's this not also playing politics. He also conveniently leaves out the fact that Exxon's most profitable quarter in the history of the company ever, all time ever. Oh, uh Oh, came with the board that was put together in Don't part by it. engine number one. Have, having nothing don't to do with that Vivek. Sounds, Vivek had that. nothing to that do with like it. That sounds like excellence. Let, let, the, let's talk don't excellence. Say it. They're having mm. their most profitable year in the history of the company mm-hmm. and somehow not excellent enough for Vivek need to add two highly interconnected board members because John Harris, mm-hmm. the other board member, is connected directly to Ursula Burns and Joseph Hooley. So we know through our data, Board Sabermetrics data, that these are mediocre to underperformers throughout their careers on boards. If you want that data, we can give it to you. Just call us up. We know that they're highly interconnected to the existing Exxon board, meaning they just vote with management, right, already. So you didn't do anything. And we know that Vivek is claiming victory for improved excellence by putting two underperformers on a place that was already outperforming. This year, yeah. Care, careful about the, what you're what you're claiming victory for, by, by the way, right? Because he keeps talking to you about long termism, and he's claiming victory for something so short term hasn't even happened yet. And, it's, and, uh, <laughs> he's claiming he's claiming <laughs> victory for everything. I, uh, yeah. Honestly, this was a great Too paper. Is you should read the paper because it is interesting to know how BlackRock, like a company, just reads the CEO letter and does what BlackRock says. That's cool. I like that. I like that's that. cool. I it's, love all the nerd alerts. I love the nerd alerts. Um, but also Vivek Nudnik. That's the word just, I was struggling with. Nudnik. Just put a sock in it. You're not the reason. Okay. That's all we got. That's, that's a lot. Rollis. That was a lot today. Let's be honest. I mean, we, I haven't been on in like five days, so we had a lot to talk about. Yeah, uh, you should hand off. this out to all of your ESG analysts. They deserve to listen to this. Honestly, this was the best ESG analysis on, you're going to get anywhere, ever. That's I mean, for, David Rollis. Think of all the meetings you could cancel. Just hand him a <laughs> tape of our show. <laughs> I'm Matt Muscardi. Really? We are free float. If you want Board Saber Metrics, get in touch with us. We will give it to you. In fact, no one has gotten in touch with us yet to get it oh. free for the holidays. I said the first person, we're just going to give them a free dump. Not one person has reached out to, like, everyone's afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to charge you for it. Just say... Can I get a data dump for the holidays? And I'll say, sure, here you go. You're the first caller. So be the first caller. Otherwise, come back tomorrow something. for corporate theater. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And then on Wednesday, we have Woke Wednesday, and we'll see you all week. Until later, good. <laughs>